0: You want to be a wise guy? You can do it in the ring.
1: You want to be a strong man? You can do it in the ring. You want to be an Indian chief, cowboy? You can do it in the ring. You do it in the
2: From Australia to Japan
0: Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Michael Pass, the director of Nail in the Cough and the Fall and Rise of Vampiro. It's very good to have you here. Hey, thank you. Yes. And Vampiro himself, Ian Hodgkinson. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty
1: impressed that you got my last name right, so we're off to a good start.
0: All right, very good. I, I try to be as professional as possible here.
1: Well, good, because I, I probably won't. <laughs>
0: Yeah, You might not remember this, but I did interview years ago on my wrestling podcast. And it was, uh, you were building up a match with Chaos. And it was at the XPW reunion. And you guys were kind of in character fighting on the show. It was actually pretty fun. It was a long time ago. So. With Joey? Yeah.
1: I kind of remember that, man. I fucking love Joey, man. Joey's an awesome man. guy, bro. Uh, but fuck him. It's my movie. <laughs>
0: All right, fair enough. Yeah. So uh, actually, whose idea was it to do the documentary? Did, did Michael come to you or did, was it your idea? No, it was 100% Michael. Yeah, 100% Michael.
2: So w- yeah, we've, we've known each other for on and off for years. And then uh, I, I lived in Mexico. Uh, I love Lucha Libre. I, I became a, a reporter for Super Luchas Magazine. Uh, we ended up, Ian and I we ended up reconnecting like 15, 16 years later. Uh, we bumped into each other, each other in an airport, and he told me what, what was going on in his life. And I was like, you know, it was crazy. Like, he was, was you know, flying, commuting from Thunder Bay, Ontario to Mexico City, then going to Los Angeles to do a lucha on the ground. And then he had to be back on Sunday night, um, you know, to basically take his daughter to school in the morning because he's a single dad. And I'm like, you know, I, like, we all complain about commuting, I complain about taking the subway and and he's doing this he's flying multiple countries and commuting and uh it was just was one one thing led to another and we're like this is a story this is amazing just the, the levels like that that people go through to you know to make things work and his love for his daughter was 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 so was there so much it was like and i knew him years ago and his love for for dasha was was you know First, like front and center from day one, and I see him. You know, seventeen years later, and like nothing has changed. Uh, and there's like, there's a story here, and there's another side to him that I think needs to be told.
0: So, when you started uh, with the idea for the documentary, that was like what you wanted to uh, explore was his uh, was Ian's uh, relationship with his daughter.
2: Yeah, for me, it was that was that was the core of it. I get you know, I love wrestling, man. I love uh, the, all his stuff with WCW, and you know you know, Mexico and everything. I love all that. But for me, like that's 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 kind of like the the, the broad strokes of everything. For me was like it was like it's 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 him and Dasha, right? Um and for that was that was the that was the key, you know.
0: And were you on board right away, Ian, with the idea of uh doing a documentary Yeah.
1: Um yes, a hundred percent. Uh I there was just something about Michael that I trusted right off the bat, and and uh, it, we became family instantly. So yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I mean, don't uh, think I would have I don't think I would have uh, done it with somebody else, to be honest with you. I and tried. How- I've tried a few times, and I didn't click with anyone. With Michael, I, I clicked, and that that told me that this was this was it. Yeah.
0: How about Dasha? Was she was was this something she wanted to do right away? I don't think so. It took. It was a pain in the ass. No, Mike.
2: I should warm up to it. You know. Yeah. But um, but that's that's understandable. But 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 one. You know. Once we got going, and you know, it was it was great because I mean, this is a person that doesn't, it's not involved. It's not a spotlight at all. But she she put herself out there, and it was it was really awesome. Um. Definitely, she put herself out there.
0: Yeah. You mentioned like the travel. Uh, and, uh, you mentioned in the documentary and that you've been clean for 11 years. Uh, how do you, how is the travel for you? Uh, just being in pain and being on a plane, you know, all the time, long flights.
1: Um, it's very strange, uh, because of the anxiety and the panic attacks and all that. Being on the plane was the only time I could sleep without medication. Yeah, it was, I was safe. I was in a little compact. Compartment. I was very fortunate that I got the fly business class, for example, and from Canada to LA, they have the pods. So I was in like my own little room and I felt safe. I, I loved it. I needed it. Uh, but the pain was excruciating. I, 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 the amount of pain pills I would have to take just to get onto the plane. I, I think I was going through quite a big number weekly, um, just to deal with it 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 was tough it was it was it was tough it was tough
0: is that hard i'm sorry to interrupt you i was wondering if that's hard to um even take pain pills and stay clean from doing you know overdoing with pain pills or taking anything else
1: i mean it got to the point i I was angry that i had to take pain pills you know what i mean i i i love the euphoria how could you not but I saw what it was doing to me because I look back on my career. I was an athletic guy. I was very, very strong. I was very competitive in a lot of sports. And then I turned into this water balloon because of the, the amount of drugs and being sick. And I was 340 pounds, dude. You know, I was dying. I, I, I was going to drop dead from a heart attack at any second. Um, I, was, I was disgusted with my quality of life. But at the same time, because of the mental health, I didn't know what was going on. And nobody was telling me. So I was just there waiting to die. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Just a, a similar thing. I was over 300 pounds in 2018. I'm down to like 190 at the moment, uh, almost half my body weight. And I stopped uh, pain pills and, and drinking and everything. But um, it also helps your mental well-being, I think, when you get off a lot of things.
1: Of course, dude.
0: You know, not just your physical, obviously. It's
1: not just you. It's the way people see you. Mm-hmm. If, if you're the victim and you're this mental health patient and you're just fucking yourself up with all these bad things, how do you think people see you? Once you start to make those changes and, and you say, well, people look at me different. No, you're different. They're the same. Now that you you just fit in better because you're not being this, this pill head, right? So um, that's another thing too. You stop pointing fingers and you become accountable. So it's a big deal when you get off that shit. And I congratulate you on that. It's Thank you.
0: Easy. You as well. Yeah. yeah. The... um. Do you think it would have been possible to be uh, to have the the, um, the wrestling career you had and the and the uh, schedule uh, and be totally clean? Do I think? Do you think you could have been clean like during your prime and no, still had the schedule you had? No, not at all.
1: Not at all. I mean, you know, I was wrestling six, seven times a day, uh, seven days a week in different parts of the world. You know, flying here, flying there, no sleep, shitty food. Got to be up. You got to be on. You got to meet people. You got to go in the ring. You take those bumps. You get back to the hotel. You go to, you're in Japan. Next day, you're in Mexico. Then you're in Los Angeles. Then you go back to Germany. Then to Japan. Then to Hawaii. It's like, what the fuck? No. No. You, 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 you got to be careful what you ask for. You got to understand that it's it's a moment in time that's going to last six, seven, eight months. uh, mine lasted 20 years so I was lucky but you're going to abuse yourself I mean if you're if you're in a a smash up derby car and you're famous because you're a smash up derby car
0: how many times can you smash up that car right Yeah. so uh, part of the documentary you know obviously big parts of relationship with your daughter and also a lot of it I think is your struggle with like uh, your relationship with wrestling itself like it's like a, you love it on some level but there's also a lot about that you hate wrestling so what is like obviously there's money and fame and everything but what, it, what would you say really is like the biggest draw for you for, for wrestling when it ends <laughs>
1: yeah um I, I, I love wrestling I love the pro wrestling industry mm-hmm. I absolutely adore the fans I adore the interaction. But I don't like the business of pro wrestling. I think I've learned how to distinguish that. I don't like the corruption, the backstabbing, the politics, the games, the lying. Uh, that really ruins you as a person, because you have to be around that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I do love the the fans and, and that moment. That that's that that's what kept me in the business for 39 years, right? Mm-hmm. Not the other stuff I. It's 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 so infantile and so disgusting. It's it's too bad because there are a lot of young men and women who are getting into the wrestling industry. There's a lot of fans. who are asking people to watch this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a blessing to be in the wrestling industry. It's too bad that it's run by people who shouldn't be there.
0: Trist, uh, Mike, what was that like to be filming? You know, behind the scenes in, in Mexico, because uh, you know a lot of the the luchadors probably don't want to be seen without their mask, or you know, just kind of a secretive thing.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, so that's uh, it's a great question. Um, first and foremost, I'm a fan. So when I, got, when I was at TripleMania, I, I was fortunate to, to, be, to go to a couple of them uh, filming over three years. But it was, it was really cool because, you know, it was just two of us filming. It was just two of us. It was myself and, and the, the producer slash uh, cameraman, right? Um, and we had the ability to be like a fly on the wall. So we would just, we would follow Ian. Wherever we followed Ian, there would be there, there, the drop because the, the, the layers of, of what he has to do is like he's got so many jobs, so many ha- different hats he's wearing. So when you get into an environment like Triple Mania 25, the biggest, you know, uh, show in the history of the company, it was, it was absolutely insane. And then we get dropped in there with the camera, like the two of us. And you know, and it's and we were, we were you know we were fortunate enough that that AAA let in you know, open the doors and let us film. And he said, "You guys can film anything. Um, Ian's running the show. You can do that. Just don't film the guys with their masks off." And of course, that's sacred. And we're like, "No, of course we wouldn't." So I'm very grateful that they gave us that trust um, to be able to film everything because they knew we were going to edit something afterwards. You know, we we're going to put mm-hmm. something together. So it was it was really cool. And, and man, when you when you're in a sh- when a thing like that, I got you know on my side of it as you know as a fan going that we're filming there, it's it's a snake pit, man. It's a snake pit with all those wrestlers. Uh, you got like I don't know how many guys were there, 120 or whatever it was, guys, and and yeah. they're all they all want to like be number one, and and they're all alpha, even and the women okay. are all alpha. And if you blink wrong, man, they'll they'll, they'll eat you alive when you're with the, when you're there with the cameras. So you got to give them respect. You got to know when to pull back and film and 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 you know there was times where you know so Ian you know he looked out for us and and things like that and then it was it was pretty cool it was really awesome to be it was it was super intense um and you know as i didn't have a lot of time to actually stop back and actually enjoy it as a fan right. until after we were finished filming right because it was just it was it was uh what do you what do you call it uh organized chaos
1: yeah you know? what i what i want to add to that is this is the first time I, I just listening to you michael what you said this was the first time that anybody was backstage at a live show with the guy who runs the show without any protection meaning please don't film this don't do this what you know what i mean it was like yo motherfucker there might be only two of you filming but there's only one of us running the show so we're in the same boat so just put the camera on and stand back because I'm running the show. I don't have assistants. There's nobody in there, there's no, I did every fucking thing in two languages. Yeah, that's the time that you can see that. That It's, that's, if you pay attention to those details, all those holy fuck moments, none of that's scripted. That's the way a show goes, it just happens.
0: Yeah. And that's something I've not really seen in another documentary. Like you said, is uh, like the producer, the guy who's actually running uh, the wrestling show back there with the headset and, you know, yelling at people, what, you know, uh, hurry up and, and all these things. And, uh, you know, and I know I've watched wrestling my whole life and seen other documentaries, but it's not something I've seen a lot of before.
1: Nobody has. And uh, I thought about it. I talked to Michael about it and I said, you know, we're going to expose some things here. Uh, we're not exposing anything that's, Bad. It's just the first time that a lot of people are going to see this. And uh, I was anxious to do that more so than he was because it's like there's, that's enough bullshit. You know what I mean? If you're demanding things from people, show them why you're demanding it. Let them see the truth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, all these guys in the wrestling business, it's all about me, 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 me. So I didn't want to be the camera guy and you know, you got to pay attention to me and look how good I am. This is what it is. You know what I mean? So that's, that was a, 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 a something that Michael did very well. It wasn't, oh my God, Vampiro is so talented. He can do all these things. It was, holy fuck, this is a mess. You understand the difference?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's something that there was just this chemistry between him and I that I understood that he understood that. So I was very comfortable with just going and not giving any instruction. Just do what you got to do, dude. Yeah. I think that, that that's the right way to say that on my part.
0: Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Contrast, like kind of like the chaos of your life over all these decades. And then like at this, in this moment, you're like the guy that's controlling everything. So it's like uh, you have control in, in this area of your life.
1: You just said something really interesting. The chaos of my life. I don't think I would have been able to handle the chaos of my life if I wasn't in such a chaotic scenario for the last four right. decades. Yeah. Cause I don't see it as chaotic. I see it as that's easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. is easy.
0: <laughs> when you're living it. Yeah. Out. exactly. Uh, how did you end up uh, on that side of the wrestling world? Uh, you know, r- running the show, the creative side.
1: Uh, the same as Michael uh, ended up as going from a fan to, to where he's at. I was a fan. Yeah. And I did my time. But when you do your time, it's like Green Day. Green Day was a three-piece band that played three chords. Then they got another guitar player, just like Nirvana, so the, the main guy can play more solos. So the music evolved. Then he didn't want to play three chords anymore. He wanted to get into another band that had more complex music, so he had a side project. My point is, when you're a creative guy, I mean, for 30 years, I had my entrance, I had people screaming, I had the matches, I did the big moments. So to challenge myself creatively, you've got to learn the other side, agenting, putting together matches, helping younger talent, producing, storytelling, directing. It just evolves. And then once you get there, you don't want to go back in the ring because this is more fun. Because in the ring, I'm worried about Vampiro. When I'm producing directing, I'm worried about the show. So I'm involved in everything. So ego-wise, it's much more f- fulfilling to do things on the other side of the camera. Yeah. Uh, you agree, Mike?
2: Absolutely, man.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Just about music. Uh, I like the music in the movie, the score. And, and uh, I thought it was interesting, uh, one of the songs at the end, it was like a sedated version of I Want to Be Sedated. Ask him. <laughs> Michael, what was the thought process and you know, uh, what music you used?
2: Ah. <sighs> I think that um, I mean with the process of of, of of music and 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 all that. I mean it's just a reflection of of, of Ian um, and what he likes. Uh, what I what I like too, uh, you know. But but you know he he is you know he loves Ramones, Sex Pistols, um, you know all of that sort of stuff. So it, it's it's just kind of was a natural sort of thing to put those moments in there. Even the opening opening song was was a very important. Choice uh, for us to put it in there, whereas you know we had you know you've got all this chaos happening, and then the opening song, and the little one and talking about it, it's a reflection on his daughter. So we're, we're we're taking you into a different, we're letting you know that this isn't going to be a traditional wrestling documentary. We opened up that way, but now we're going to show you that there's something else, is different. And that was the, that was sort of the, the idea behind it. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that you like the music and yeah, all that. Definitely. Thank yeah.
0: you. And what you just said there, I think um, it makes the documentary appealing to to a broader audience. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to to be into this because it's really about the relationship of a father and his daughter.
1: When you when you see me, and you see the way I look, and and you know anything about my career and the affiliations with, you know, bands like Black Flag, like Teenage Head, like Rancid, like the Ramones, like. ICP, the Misfits—you get an idea that this is a guy who likes very loud, abrasive, aggressive guitar-driven rock and roll. To hear those songs, even when I first—because I I didn't know—I didn't know anything until I saw it the first time with Michael at a film festival. When I heard that, I just started to cry. It broke my heart because it—I knew what was going on, but it's kind of like you didn't get this rock and roll video; you got a man. And that song tells you what you're going to see. It just sets it up right. i just so grateful that he didn't put hard rock in there. I'm just so grateful. Because that's what you would expect. Hmm. And this movie is not what you expect. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah and then the, 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 the cool thing is that the, the, the end credits. I don't know if you caught that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, with the with the band uh, Gary Um That's oh, yeah. yeah. in playing in the band.
0: Oh, I didn't actually know that part, but yeah.
2: The very the the end song that's that's and you see the the up there he's playing and he's playing his part of the band he did a he toured with the with the guys.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. And uh, when I mentioned you were coming on, my friend uh, Michael Treblecock, he mentioned uh, got that he does. With, what's the matter with him? I know. I I I think it's a very unfortunate last name. Is well. yeah. Maybe maybe he needs to get that looked at. I don't know, but.
1: yeah. That'd be <laughs> blocking <Imagine> going <laughs> that.
0: Oh my god. You could change, it, you know. Uh, but anyway, he said that uh, he was the he did the guitar on the hey,
2: cover no, of Teenage uh, Head.
1: No, took a pill for it. I, I don't
2: know. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike, you you know Mike, hey, eh? Mike's awesome. Yeah, though the 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 song that we ended up doing um, uh, was is, Teenage. I want to
1: see Mr. Troublecock put him on film. Then.
2: <laughs> it was uh, it was Teenage Head. So Ian can tell you a little about, about more than I know about Teenage Head, but he was really influenced by Teenage Head and that became uh an important song for us to record and we wanted to do it acoustically like the opening song and we did the cover with that and uh emily Raquel uh sang on it and um uh he did a great job uh turning it into that uh, um that cover
0: yeah it was, it was great stuff so you mentioned the, the festivals did you get a chance to see the movie at festivals with an audience
2: Oh yeah, I mean we were we were there at the at the at the premiere at Fantastic Fest in Austin, Texas. It was uh it was it was incredible. it was, it was also pretty scary too. Uh, because, you know, Ian he had a lot of trust um gave gave me they had a lot of trust in me and didn't he didn't want to see the cut, didn't want to see the edit, didn't want to see anything. So here we are in Austin, Texas, Fantastic Fest sold out screening and The dude hasn't even seen the film yet. And I know I've got some things in there. I know I've got his wedding footage. I've got other things that he doesn't even know that I found, you know, going down the rabbit hole, right? Mm -hmm. Put it in there and, you know, he's like, you know, it was just funny, I was just nervous. You know, and I was like, "Oh man, you know, in any minute he's going to turn around and just like just punch me <laughs> during the screening or something <laughs> like that, right?" Uh, but it was it was cool because he gave me that trust, and I, it was it was it was it was a great moment for us to share it together.
0: Uh, you kind of talked about Ian, but what was it like to watch it for the first time, especially with an audience there? Because you're used to being in front of you know an audience, but this is a totally different uh, thing than being Vampiro and wrestling in front of an audience.
1: It was intimidating. It was intimidating because I don't get to go back through the curtain into the dressing room and into a car and drive away. When the lights go on, I'm gonna be sitting right there and everybody's gonna turn around and look at me and ask me questions. It was scary, it was very scary. Uh, I paid attention to the reactions of people um, because I I, I knew the story, Because why I lived the story but I wanted to see people's reactions. And, and um, when we went into the screening, there were so many people, they put it in two screenings, uh, two theaters, uh, salons at the same time, because there was just too many people. So we were fucking panicking. I was like, well, "What if do people like this movie? You know what I mean? Because this has never happened before. There's just so many people to see it. Uh, we got a standing ovation. It was, uh, it, was it, it, it was fantastic. It was a beautiful moment. I I don't think I'll ever forget that one. Yeah. Uh,
0: What is your relationship with Dasha like now? And uh, how how do you think doing the documentary either helped or or hurt that?
1: I think it it, it helped immensely. Uh, My daughter doesn't know anything about Vampiro. My daughter doesn't know about my sickness, about my injuries. I wouldn't let her go to matches. I didn't talk about being vampiro. She knew as she was getting older, you know, she saw Lucha Underground on Netflix and she started reading on Google. And she was like, dad, how come everywhere we go, there's always people that go crazy and they want your picture. And and she understood I was a wrestler, but she didn't know what is a vampiro. Uh, So that was the first time for her to see a lot of things. i i I believe it helped us understand how to communicate better yeah for sure
0: so the um the movie comes out september 4th i believe at uh select theaters and then on video on demand and digital on on the 8th uh how has you know the world currently how has that affected you know how the movie is going to be seen i mean it's it's
2: it's Difficult every Everywhere right now Theatrically Theaters All that sort of stuff it's, it's difficult But you know I think that Digital wise It's it's never been better People Even though We have yeah. the lockdown All that sort of stuff that People still need to be entertained People still need content um, So I think You know We're in a better place than ever You know um, Also September 22nd We've got the Blu-ray coming out Oh nice And uh, I think you'll really dig it Because we got um, We've got another we got an hour of extras that are in there that didn't make the that didn't make the uh, the cut. You know, extended interviews with with Carrying uh, Cross and you know Chavo Guerrero and some neat little things that we filmed with with uh, with Vamp and all that was awesome. So it, it we we put it in the, in the Blu-ray. So I think mm-hmm. that as a fan, I think you'll really dig it.
0: Yeah, and uh, timing-wise, that really worked out with uh, Kevin Cross now Carrying Cross. You know, because he's pretty uh, established name now in the United States yeah
2: I mean, there's a bunch of guys now that are all kind of you know moved over there right so good for them
0: yeah you yeah, uh, know i really enjoyed it um i figured i would but uh i, I didn't know exactly you know how what was going to be really about but uh it was great to see the other side of you ian and uh seeing the stuff with your daughter and seeing uh i don't know what was going on with jeff Jarrett, but that was uh that was fun to watch or weird to watch i don't know if fun is the right word but uh, I really thought him and, uh, and Cross were going to come to blows at one point. But...
1: Yeah, it's a good thing for Jeff that that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I was, that's what I was thinking because when he's calling him out and calling him, you know, uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know a lot about if how, how tough he is, but uh, Cross is a pretty big guy and a lot younger. And I was like, I don't know if that's the, the smartest thing to be doing. Um,
1: that happens six or seven times a night. <laughs> right. Every night. That's normal. That's no big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, do the show. Oh, thank you, man. Thank oh, you.
1: I appreciate your everything, and you know, and just spreading the word. And it's it's very kind of you to be uh, so positive on the movie. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And I hope you're doing well and continue success on the movie and just you know in life in general.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing awesome, man. And uh, okay. yeah, you look good. Thank you. Thank yeah,
0: you.
2: Thanks, Neil. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate yep. it. yeah All right. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks.
0: Giants! Andre was big, yeah yeah yeah, it was not small. No no no, Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink drink drink, and a fight fight fight. Andre was big, yeah yeah yeah, it was not small. No no no, Andre could drink, and he could fight. Drink drink drink, and fight fight fight. fight. Andre the Giant. Andre was big, yeah yeah yeah. It was not small, no no no. Andre was great, he was not bad. A great big heart and a great big man. Andre was big, yeah yeah yeah. It was not small, no no no. Andre could drink and he could fight. Drink,
1: drink, drink and fight, fight, fight. May the Giants From Grenoble, France